Well, listen, we are so glad that you guys are here tonight. If tonight is your very first time with us, we are so thankful that, that you have chosen to spend your Wednesday with us. And if we have not had a chance to connect with you yet, we would love to do so. Now, for the past few weeks, we have been in a teaching series called How to Church. How to Church. And last week, we talked about what it means to be a contributor rather than a consumer. You know, a lot of times I think we think of church as this product that, that we typically consume. But our job as followers of Jesus isn't necessarily to, to be consumers. Our job as followers of Jesus is to be contributors. And last week we talked about three different ways that we can really practically be contributors within our local church. We can encourage one another, we can invest in one another, and we can invite one another. And so tonight, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about another really important topic having to do with church. And tonight, we're going to be answering the question, what is baptism? What is baptism? Now, when you hear the word baptism, you probably have something that immediately comes to mind. Maybe it's that moment where you were baptized personally. Maybe it's the, the moment where you saw a friend follow Jesus in baptism for the first time. Or maybe baptism is just something that you've heard us talk about on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. But when I hear the word baptism, I have something special that I kind of think about, and I want you guys to check it out. This morning, uh, we have accepted Christ as his Savior and as his Lord and he will demonstrate his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, by willingly being baptized this morning. He's been waiting on this day a long time. <laughs> and so, Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> accepted Christ as his Savior and as his Lord, and he will demonstrate his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, by willingly being baptized this morning. He's been waiting on this day a long time. <laughs> and so, Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. And that was the <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, listen, in case you can't tell, baptism's a really big deal. Baptism is something that we get excited about here at church. And baptism is a really exciting moment in the life of a follower of Jesus. And even though believers' baptism is something that's so important, and it's something that we get so excited about, I think there's still a lot of confusion surrounding it. I think a lot of people still have questions as to what baptism really means. And so tonight I want us to answer that question, and I want us to see what scripture, what the Bible has to say specifically about believers' baptism. And to answer that question, tonight we're going to be in a passage in Acts 
chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, flip open to Acts chapter 8. But before we read, I want to give you a little bit of context as to what's going on at this time. You see, after Jesus ascended into heaven, he left the disciples to carry out this movement that he had started. And one of the ways that the disciples did this was by establishing the first local church in the city of Jerusalem. And the church practically grew overnight. More and more people were coming to faith in Jesus. But the issue was the church began to face extreme opposition. They began to face extreme persecution as they grew in number. But that didn't stop a man by the name of Philip. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says this. Then an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and he went. Now there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. And the spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Now, Philip is kind of what you can picture as like a modern day Billy Graham. Philip was an evangelist meaning his job was to go around and to preach the gospel to these massive, large crowds of people. And he would speak to a large number of people at the time. And Philip was extremely successful. Many people came to faith in Jesus, and the church at Jerusalem continued to grow and grow, even despite the persecution and the opposition that they were facing. But one day, an angel comes to Philip, and he instructs him to go to the city of Gaza. And as Philip is traveling, he encounters this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, a eunuch was a high-ranking official in the queen's court, meaning he had significant power and influence and responsibility. He was a big deal for the queen and in, the, and, and in Ethiopia at the time. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit prompts Philip to go and to talk to this man. Look at what it says in verse 30. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. Have you ever had that moment where you really feel like you just need to go talk to someone? All right. It's kind of like you just feel inside of you that like, hey, I really need to go have a conversation with this person and I don't know what's, what's causing me to want to go do this, but I really feel like I need to do it. And that's exactly what Philip began experiencing in that moment. It was the Holy Spirit prompting him to go talk to this man. And as he approaches this chariot, he actually begins to realize that the eunuch is reading out loud. Kind of a little weird, but, but he's reading out loud to himself and he's reading to, to himself a passage from the book of Isaiah. And instantly Philip recognizes what it is. The eunuch didn't understand what he was reading about and he had a lot of different questions. And thankfully, Philip had the knowledge of that passage that he was reading about. And so right there on the, the side of the road, Philip and the eunuch sat. And the eunuch had the opportunity to ask Philip all of these questions about who Jesus was what Jesus had done, 
who he was, what was important about Jesus. And Philip had the opportunity to, to share with him the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection. And right there on the side of the road, the eunuch made a decision to place his faith in Jesus. Sitting right there in his chariot on the side of the road, Philip was able to lead this man to the Lord. But that's not where the story ends. Look in verse 36. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him any longer. But he went on his way rejoicing. Immediately after the eunuch comes to faith in Jesus, he's ready to, all, to take the next step in his faith. There's no hesitation. There's no delay. He was ready to publicly identify himself as a follower of Jesus, even though it was extremely, extremely dangerous at the time. He wanted everyone in his life to know about this commitment that he had just made to follow Jesus. And so he wanted to be baptized, despite the, despite the opposition and the persecution that he faced at the time. Now, our situation obviously doesn't look like that of the eunuch. We aren't facing extreme persecution here in the United States right now for being a follower of Jesus. But that doesn't mean that this passage isn't important to us when it comes to the significance of believers' baptism. And baptism still means the same for us today that it did for the eunuch almost 2,000 years ago. You see, baptism represents our personal commitment to God. Baptism represents our personal commitment to God. After you place your faith in Jesus, baptism is always the next step in your faith journey because it represents the commitment the relationship that you now have with God. And that's why we baptize by immersion. Everyone say the word immersion. Immersion is kind of a big word, but it actually means something really simple. Immersion means to be dunked. It means to be dunked. And we just don't dunk people when we baptize them because we think it's something fun to do or because there's something special about the water. We baptize by immersion because immersion baptism is symbolic. You see, when, when you are placed underneath the water when you're baptized, it represents that, that you have died to your old self. You have died to, to your sinful past, to the sinful person that, that you are. That's why we say when we baptize someone that they are buried with Christ in baptism. And when we bring that person back up out of the water, it represents the new life and the freedom that Christ gives us. And that's why when that person comes back up out of the water, we say raised to walk in newness of life. And baptism is this really cool picture. It's this really cool visible representation of your decision, decision to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. But not only does baptism represent our personal commitment to God. Baptism also represents our public commitment to the church. 
It represents our personal commitment to God and the decision that we've made to follow Jesus, but it also represents our public commitment to the church. Now, there's a, a reason why we don't baptize people in their bathtub, in the swimming pool, or the pond in their backyard. Instead, baptism always takes place within the context of the local church. And typically that means it takes place on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night, or at an event associated with church, something like movement weekend or summer camp. And it's necessary that baptism takes place in the right environment. It's necessary that baptism takes place within the local church because baptism is intended to be witnessed by a group of believers. Baptism is intended to be witnessed by a group of believers other than just your close friends and your family. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So in this passage, Paul literally is comparing the church to the human body. And just like the human body has many parts that serve different functions, so does the church. We all have different roles and responsibilities and gifts. But even though we're different, all of us come together to make up one family of believers. And with one specific goal, to live out the mission and the movement of God. But being a part of a family requires commitment. And when you stand up in front of the church to be baptized, it's a sign of your commitment. It's a sign of you putting some skin in the game saying, listen, I'm going to be all in. And not only are you saying that, that you're a follower of Jesus, not only are you identifying that, that you've accepted Christ, you're also making a public commitment to be a part of the local church and to be committed to that specific family of believers. And it's important for other people to witness that. Not only to, to celebrate the decision that you've made, and trust me, baptism is a huge decision that we love to celebrate, especially here at Bell Shoals, but it's important for people to witness that also so that they can come alongside of you, so that they can come alongside of you and help you to grow in your faith, to hold you accountable when, when you're struggling, to walk through different difficult seasons of life with you. And baptism isn't just a decision that solely impacts you. Baptism is a decision that impacts the whole church family. And it's a public symbol, it's a public symbol of your commitment to the church. But even though the Bible is very clear about baptism, there's a lot of misconceptions that I think people often have. Even in talking with you sometimes, I realize that, that you all have many questions, and there's a lot of things that still seem unclear. And so for the next few minutes, I want to spend some time addressing some of the common misconceptions that people often have about baptism. 
some of the common things that I'll hear people say that, that aren't necessarily true. The first misconception is this. I was already baptized as a baby. You know, in some other churches, it's common for parents to have their, their babies baptized or sprinkled. It's a way for those parents to dedicate their baby to the Lord. And at Bell Shoals, we, we have something called parent-child dedication. We don't have infant baptism here. And this is when parents will, will come before the church and will make a commitment to raise their child to follow Jesus. And these kinds of ceremonies are extremely special. They're meaningful for those parents and they're something that are to be celebrated and to look back on. But being baptized as an infant or a baby isn't believer's baptism according to the New Testament. The New Testament shows us that believer's baptism always comes after a decision to follow Jesus. It doesn't take place before someone puts their faith in Jesus. And so if you were baptized as an infant, then that means you might not have experienced biblical baptism. It actually means that, that your baptism could possibly be out of order, especially if it took place before you came to faith in Jesus. And infant baptism is more about a decision that, that your parents make rather than a spiritual decision that you make for yourself. Another misconception about baptism is that I need to be rebaptized. I need to be rebaptized. Now, over the years, this is something that I've heard many of you say. And when I sit down and when I talk to you and ask you why you want to be rebaptized, I normally get two common responses. And one of the responses that I typically get from you is this. Well, I was a kid when I got baptized, and I'm not sure if I totally understood what it meant. And so now I want to get baptized again just so that I can make sure that I understood my decision. Now, I understand why you would think that way. In fact, your, your logic makes complete sense. But as you grow in your faith, you're going to learn more and more each day. And as you age, you're going to gain more understanding about the Bible and about spiritual things. In fact, I hope you know more now than you did five years ago. It would be concerning if you haven't learned anything in the past five years when it comes to your faith. But that doesn't mean that your decision to be baptized when you were a kid was meaningless. It didn't mean that you didn't understand the decision that you're making. And if that's you in here tonight, you were baptized as a kid and you're, you're kind of questioning whether you really meant that decision or not, I challenge you to ask yourself one question. Did I place my faith in Jesus before I was baptized? If the answer to that question is yes, even if you didn't feel like you fully understood your decision to be baptized at the time, I would encourage you not to be rebaptized. Because according to the New Testament, your baptism is in the correct order. Meaning your baptism followed the decision that you made to follow Jesus. But if your answer to that question is no, and you were baptized before you actually came to know Jesus, then either Matthew or I would love to have a conversation with you about that. And we want to make sure that, that your baptism is in the correct order 
according to what scripture says. Another common thing that students want to be rebaptized because of, and this is one that I also hear a lot, is because they've decided to rededicate their life to Jesus. Now, often this decision will happen at our events, like movement weekend and camp. And that happens when someone who's already a follower of Jesus makes a decision to rededicate their life and they want to be all in. They realize that they've been struggling, they've been going through a difficult time, and they want to be all in, super committed to their faith. And one of the ways that, that students want to do that is through being rebaptized. They want to show their friends, their family, the student ministry that, that they're committed to their faith. But just because but just you commit your life to Jesus again doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be rebaptized. If you're wanting to make a public commitment about your faith, there are other ways to do it that I would significantly encourage you with. If you're wanting to make a public commitment about your faith and to show people that you're all in, I would encourage you to, to share your testimony with someone at school or to share your story about what's God, what God's doing in your life with a friend or even to invite someone to, to be a part of, of the student ministry here at church with you. But simply rededicating your life to Jesus and saying that you're gonna be committed about your faith doesn't mean that you need to be rebaptized. The last misconception that people often have about baptism is this, and it's by far the most, the most important and the most significant one. A lot of people think that baptism saves me. Baptism saves me. And unfortunately, this is a lie that too many people believe, and it's not true. And if you take anything away from tonight, I want you to hear me when I say this. Baptism is not what saves you. Baptism does not determine whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus. Baptism does not determine whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. Baptism is only a picture of the decision that you have already made to place your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a visible representation of that decision that you've already made. And it has no bearing on your eternity or your salvation. Now, in a room this size, I recognize that, that many of us are at, at very different places spiritually. But I think that this message can apply to each one of us tonight, wherever you're at in whatever season of life that you're in. For those of you in this room who've already been baptized, I wanna remind you that, that you've made a commitment. You've made a commitment to God and you've made a commitment to the local church. And so I wanna ask you, are you living out that commitment? Are you living out that commitment that you've made to God and to the local church or have you strayed away from it a little bit? When it comes to your commitment with God, are you prioritizing your relationship with Jesus? Have you surrounded yourself with people who can hold you accountable and who can support you when you're going through something difficult in life? 
Are you representing Jesus well? When it comes to your commitment to the church, are you actively involved? Are you actively involved in a life group on Sunday mornings? Are you actively involved in your small group here on Wednesday nights? And who are you inviting with you to church? What are you doing to, to, to grow the kingdom of God and to reach more and more people for Jesus? What's your motivation for being here? And for those of you in this room who have never been baptized before, I want you to consider what, what is it that's holding you back? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it questions that you have? But what is it that's holding you back from taking that next step in your faith? If that's you here tonight, I really wanna challenge you to consider taking that next step to following Jesus in believer's baptism. And in the next few weeks, we have the absolute perfect opportunity for you to do that. On Sunday, September 26th, that's three Sundays from now, all of our campuses at Bell Shoals are coming together for this brand new event. It's called a combined campus celebration. And that night we're gonna come together as a faith family to celebrate what God's been doing in the life of our church. We're gonna hear amazing testimonies about people who have come to know Jesus for the first time over this past year. We're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper. You're gonna be able to, to hear what, what God has been doing, not just here at Brandon, but, but all throughout our church. And one of the awesome things that we're gonna do that night is we're gonna have baptism. We're gonna celebrate those people who are taking the next step in their faith as an entire church family. And that night, several of you, especially those of you who have made decisions from camp are gonna be baptized. Several of our students are gonna be baptized tonight. And so if you're here tonight and you're really questioning, man, is baptism what's next for me? Is that the next step that, that I need to take in my faith? I'd really encourage you to come talk to me. I'd love to have a conversation with you about what baptism means and, and that next step that, that you can take as a follower of Jesus. Baptism isn't something that, that gets easier. The decision to get baptized is, is never gonna be easy, especially if it's something that, that makes you nervous or that you're afraid about. So I wanna challenge you, don't leave here tonight without making that decision. If that's a decision that, that you need to make and you need to take that next step, don't leave here tonight without talking to us. And what does baptism mean to you? Do you need to begin living out this commitment to God and to the local church? Or do you need to be bold and take a next step and be baptized. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come together tonight and to worship you. And Father, I thank you so much for this visible representation that, that you have given us in baptism. I thank you that baptism is this beautiful picture of, of the new life that you give us when we come to faith in you. 
And God, it's something that, that you desire for all followers of Jesus to do in their faith journey. And so Father, I pray for students tonight who have never been baptized before. Students who are wrestling and struggling with, with the thought of taking this next step in their faith. I pray that, that you would give them boldness and that you would give them the courage to follow you in baptism. And for the rest of the students in this room who, who've already been baptized and, and who already have a relationship with you, Father, I pray that we would live out those commitments. We would live out those commitments to God and to the local church. And even when life gets hard, even when it feels like we're struggling and things are dif difficult, I pray that we would stay true to those commitments that we have made because they are significant and they are important to you. It's in your name that we pray, amen.